0: Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life with your host, Hussein Talib.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast with your host, Hossein Talib. My guest today is Rick Highland. He's a successful consulting executive who loves living and managing his life by purpose, goals, and effective stress management principles. Rick, welcome to The Grid.
0: Uh, great to be on the Success Grid podcast. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Awesome to have you here, Rick. So, uh, Rick, you are involved in business. You are involved in personal growth and development. You are a writer and author. So, Give us a little hint, a little about you, what you do, your story.
0: Okay. Well, I was raised in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. I did my MBA out east in London, Ontario, Canada. And then the last uh, 24 years, I've lived in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I ran a consulting business called RLG International for 32 years. Two years ago, I retired Mm -hmm. from that and since then i've been running an online coaching and writing books and doing teachable courses and all sorts of fun stuff online and it's kind of my semi-retirement job but i have <laughs> uh, six kids and 15 grandkids well that's amazing uh, yeah i'm actually back in lethbridge alberta today visiting my parents who uh um are here still in lethbridge so that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, what I learned from you you are talking about something called the seven steps to execution excellence. So, talk us through that. What exactly execution excellence? Does it exist actually excellence in execution or there are some flaws? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's why I you know that we grew a consulting business from 30 people when I joined to 250 when I left. And all we did was implementation or execution mm-hmm. because most big consultancies come in to big business and give them a strategy pack and, and uh, tune up their strategy or maybe some high level process, but they never actually get to execution. And so, what we did for a living is put execution coaches in, in big plants, big refineries, big mining operations, big timber operations, whatever, big manufacturing, aerospace, whatever it might be and help them with execution. So over that long a time period, you get to know exactly what excellence looks like around implementation and execution. Yeah. And because so that's because,
1: because a lot of let's say business owners, entrepreneurs, they put the plan, but they don't the most important thing, which is it's to do the plan, the execution of it.
0: Yeah. Well even I find because the last couple of years I've been doing work working more with small business and they're so busy And they may have had a plan at one point, but they're just flying and they're trying to grow revenue and they're trying to keep up with orders and they're trying to find employees and all the business problems we have today. So they don't really, most of them are the small business people aren't working from the plan anymore. And so, you know, that is one of the steps actually is to build a right size strategic plan for your business and then execute from that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you, but you're right. Big business has tons of documents, tons of strategic plans, and then struggles with the execution, particularly when there's hundreds of employees involved.
1: Mm, yeah. So so do you think that now uh, there are, for example, startups, they start with uh, maybe one owner with the owner himself or herself or a little number of employees. Do you think having employees is integral part of the execution excellence or uh, solo entrepreneur can do things themselves?
0: Well, yeah, if, if you're trying to do it all by yourself, you're going to either burn out or limit your growth. So everybody eventually has to have employees. And the big thing I hear from small business owners, kind of the 50 employees less is, you know, A, they can't find enough employees. And then the bigger complaint, once they can get them in, is they're not as good as me. And they don't say that arrogantly. It's more... <laughs> They can't do say they don't know my business as well as I do, or they can't sell as well as I do, or they can't build trust. It's my baby. It's my product. So the big lesson entrepreneurs need to do for execution excellence is actually how to delegate, train and hold accountable and empower your employees properly. And that actually is part of those seven steps of execution that you referred to is to teach entrepreneurs and small business owners how to properly set up. An accountability system that works. So your employees can become better at sales and building trust with your clientele than you can. And that's when you've really known you're going to get a scalable business is when you're not the very best at everything. Because if you're the very best at everything, you don't have a scalable business.
1: Yeah, exactly it's it's hard to do everything at once the the running the back office of things the paperwork and the marketing and the selling and the social media it's 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 like uh tons of work so i don't believe that uh one person can do it alone at a high level of execution yes you need you need you need members you need other employees you need support and you can't be great in one skill you you might be average in one one and uh, good at another and bad at some something else so it does not add up to do everything by yourself yeah
0: yeah in fact you know you need to have employees that fill in your weak spots or partners or contractors you know whatever it may be because you're not great at everything and in fact you'll burn out if you try to be great at everything so focus on the most important thing and then delegate and contract and get support in for your weaknesses or those things that maybe aren't as critical to your mm-hmm. business and that is one of the key success factors to scaling your business but yeah. on the execution side i wanted to talk and i'll just mentally i'll mention the seven steps and then you can you know direct me or ask me different questions or i can go deeper on them but i'll just give them to you really quick so the first one is to have a a really good swot analysis so mm-hmm. whether you're at A five-employee shop or a hundred-employee shop, it's understand, sit down with your person of team of five or your team of 20, and what are your strengths? Especially now that we're coming to year end and we're going into 2022, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and be honest. What are your opportunities out there, and what are your threats? And Get them down on paper and get agreement on the 10 people that you have on your team or your senior team. There is such power even in doing that. Yeah. To get everybody on the same page on a SWOT analysis is very powerful, but that's only step 1. So step 2 then is let's identify and clarify your why, your business purpose. So many people have, you know, visions or this is what we do, but not too many people spend time going back to the why. Why do you exist? What makes you special? Why are you any better than anybody else, any other competitor? Right? It's,
1: it's, it's a lot, know, it's crowded market now and everything. So you need to, to dig deep into that one more.
0: Yeah. You know, it's easy for tech companies, right? Google is getting information to the world. Apple is getting creative, best products, disrupting, getting computers in everybody's home, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But what if you're a mining business or a lumber business? Can you still have purpose mm-hmm. and why? Absolutely. You know, what, what's going to make you special? What makes you unique? What are your strengths? What is your why? And if it, by the way, if it's just making money, that's not a powerful motivator for clients or people. That is obviously one of the objectives. Absolutely. No problem with that. But your why uh, better be compelling so that your employees can gather around and, you know, millennials in particular, right? They They want to know meaning and purpose behind their work or they're going to leave and find their own meaning and purpose. Behind mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it. yeah, there, there is a lot of there is a lot of option now for people to do jobs and work without, especially online, business online business. businesses. So yeah, yeah it's it, it, there is a lot of competition in everything that I see now, but you can with time if you really have this your why and you keep on it and insist on it and be a, perf, a good performer on it, you will reach certain results that you want and perhaps more in that. So yeah.
0: Well said. Yeah, that's exactly right. So then the next step, and now we get closer and closer to execution, right? So those are big picture ideas, SWOT, purpose. Now we're talking about specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, trackable goals. So what are your SMART goals? Mm. So for your sales organization, what are your, define in specific terms, your goals for next year, for your operations, for finance, for admin, what are your one or two specific measurable goals? you know, we need to improve sales by 25%. Right? Yeah. And then the next step, step four is most people set those goals, but those are still too general. Now set up KPI, set up key performance indicators. Now we're getting more granular, more specific, more closer to everyday action. So now, for example, if I want to uh, increase sales 25%, what's one of my leading key performance indicators that's going to predict whether I get my 25%. Oh. 25% right now is just a hope. What are some of the activities I'm going to measure and set as KPIs that we're going to prove on? Like I'm going to make 15 new sales calls every week, right? That's a leading activity that can lead you to connect to 25% improvement. So it's basic common sense stuff, but to be successful – and really execute well, you have to make it more granular than just say, I'm going to improve the business 25%. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense? Yeah.
1: yeah, because it's it's not good to make a general statement because you're not going to you know, like a lot of people talk about the 80-20 rule, these kind of things. So you, you need to know where are your re- most revenues coming from and maybe push that into more activities to get more sales, for example, in Very certain good. regards, yeah.
0: Very good yeah there was a saying uh, by a guy named Thomas S. Monson that when we deal in general generalities we rarely succeed. When we deal in specifics we rarely fail. when performance is measured, performance improves. when performance is measured and reported performance accelerates and those are all the basic principles of these seven steps you got to be specific, you got to measure. And you got a report for accountability purpose and empowerment purposes. So that's the power of specificity. So once you have your general goal set up, I'm going to use a sales example to bring this home for people on the execution side. Then you have your key indicator that you're tracking 15 new sales calls a week to try to drive that new sales. And then the next step is, OK, I have to have clear action plans, updated action plans on how I'm gonna improve 25% sales and 15 sales calls. So it's no longer just good enough to say, I'm gonna improve sales, I'm gonna make 15 calls. What's my additional action plans? Well, I'm gonna do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday between 12 and two. I'm gonna block Mm -hmm. that off. That's part of my plan. Well, I'm gonna buy an information list for people interested in my product. That's a second part of my action plan. So. You always are making an evergreen, evolving strategy, updating your strategy and actions on how I'm going to get my 25%. Mm-hmm. And then the last couple steps are, are just as critical, particularly if you've got employees, and that is have business reviews. And what, what these are, are stand-up <sighs> accountability meetings. So, for example, every Friday at 2, 2 p.m., the sales team gets together in front of a whiteboard. And everybody's got their key indicators and they're reporting how well they did on their 15 sales calls and their action plans. Mm. And I've got to stand up and say, hi, I'm Rick. Uh, My goal was to get 15 new calls this week. I got 12, but I did get three successful calls out of the 12 and it led to new business. And here's my plan next week. I'm going to call on these 15 people, blah, blah, blah. So you get the idea that there's regular updating and accountability and empowerment about the goals. Because it's it's not good enough just to set a strategic plan and a business plan and then never look at it. (laughs) You've got to have some kind of regular review on your goals. And one of the things I hate, and this goes right nice into your principle of success grid, is I can tell um, an unproductive business when I go into their staff meetings And it's just issue based staff meetings. Well, first of all, if you have a team of 10 or more and you're not having staff meetings, that's flag number one. Number two, if I go into those staff meetings and you're everyone, either the boss just talks or the accountant just talks, or I mean, it's a little bit better if everyone gets to talk and talk about their problems of the week. But a 10 out of 10 for success and execution excellence is have people go around the room and account on their KPIs and their actions. And that way you get accountability, empowerment, recognition, all those great buzzwords that everybody dreams about and great leadership. You get to practice it every Friday at two o'clock. So hmm. anyhow, you got me all excited. But those are the steps to execution yeah. excellence, my friend.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, but because I, I, me personally, I, I see sometimes the problem is, so for example, you mentioned meetings. Uh, they happen usually when, uh, when, for example, certain employees make a mistake, and this is something yeah. I repeat a lot because I have seen it a lot. And and my I works in corporate and work I still do. I I see that a lot. There is meetings all, all the time, most of most of the time, because certain employee makes certain mistake, and they point their finger and to that employee you. Uh, You did that and you did this instead of, for example, we are here in in this company to to progress and to execute things for the customers and make them better. So instead of working together to solve this problem, to prevent it from happening again, because when that meeting happened for that mistake and nobody solved the issue, it will, I believe, probably it will be happening again.
0: You know what? That is a great point. And in my course that I have on Teachable called Crush Your Goals for Small Business, about execution, all these principles, I, I, I point that out in detail, the importance of recognition. If you set up a KPI accountability system, like I've talked about, and you just focus on the problems or the negative, you this thing will die. But if you focus on what people are doing right, build energy, enthusiasm, uh, focus on quick wins. Here's one practice you can do to improve your execution excellence. Every meeting you have with your employees, start with what's going right. Catch Mm -hmm. people doing things right. Spend the first five minutes of every meeting, you as the leader, and also asking what's going right. Oh, no, we lost production yesterday. It didn't go. Well, no, we're going to get to all that. I want what's going right right now. Who did some great things out there yesterday? Well, you know, there was... Joe did had some great safety behaviors yesterday. Well, you know, we did we did deliver two of the orders on time, high quality, but you know, so you get people encouraging and recognizing, and then you can dive into the KPIs and the problems. Mm. And, and that doesn't mean you can't redirect people or coach them up or for improvement, but you to start these accountability systems and this execution system, start with more recognition of the positive than the negative. Mm. And then eventually you can work into where people know and trust the system and you, you can focus on all those problem areas. But to begin with, focus on the positive you want to, you don't, when a baby's learning to walk, you don't focus on the negative, right? You encourage every small step, every half step, right? When a kid's learning to ride a bike, every time he falls down, do you redirect and coach him up and hard? No, you encourage. You pick them back up, you put them, you know, so always start, start, start with positive recognition.
1: Yeah, because like you mentioned in that case scenario, for example, if you have to make like, for example, 15 calls and you made 12, for example, and you made the new clients of three. So, for example, the next month, maybe uh, for to be a higher performer in sales, for example, you can push that number to be, for example, 20 or 18. So you can continue doing more of that to push your yeah. to push your staff to try to do more, maybe with the same uh, time frame. Let's say, for example, if they have if they are working five days a week, certain eight hours, nine hours, uh, that could be maybe something to look at. For example.
0: Yep. Yeah, I love. Now you're bringing up a really good point. It's still okay to have. Stretch targets, big, bold goals that that's still that I don't hope hope nobody is taking away of this conversation, this last part of the conversation that you can't do that, but you do have to focus on the gain, not the target. So what I mean by that is in our example, our target right now is 15 new calls, scary cold calls. Everyone hates to do them, but everyone has to do them right. But your baseline, your history is only five. Mm but I've got a big, bold target of 15, and I want to get to 20, but I only got 12. But that's a great week. I used to do five. I did 12. I didn't get my 15, and I'm not at 20 yet. So are you going to, with your employer, are you going to focus on you didn't get 15 or 20, or are you going to focus on, wow, you almost tripled your calls. You went from five to 12. That's amazing. Now, how do we go even to 15 this next week? Well, you know what? Thank you for the encouragement. If I made this small tweak, if I started a half an hour earlier, that's on the East Coast, they tend to wake up a little bit earlier. I could get some calls in and catch them before they get busy. Right. Good. Great. Good luck. You know, so yeah, focus on the gain, focus on progress. That's what's going to get you to 15 and 20, not hammering them because they didn't get to 20 or not being anxious because they didn't get to 20. Focus on the gain. Yeah.
1: So looking at businesses, what do you think the most important thing that a business should do, for example? Is it they should focus on marketing or should they focus on the sales? Because once I read a book that ironically called marketing, it's a college book. So it basically said that marketing is the pull of customers and sales is the push of customers. So what is the most important do you think activity a business should be doing?
0: Yeah. And it really depends on your business. But I will give you a specific answer. And by the way, I do agree with sales for most businesses. But the first question to ask before that is, what is the most important thing for my business? As an entrepreneur, as the leader of this business, whether it's 100 people or two people, what is the most important thing? And then delegate the least important things so I can focus. Because what too many entrepreneurs do is they go so broad, they forget what the most important thing. Let's say it's sales in our example here because most time it is, and they spend just as much time reacting to customer problems or employee, you know, and they don't have that contracted out or delegated out, and they spend only 20% of time on the most important thing. So the first thing you you do in your analysis is what is the most important thing in my business? For example, in client, uh, in my business, in in consulting, big ticket consulting, um, was building It was sales, was marketing, uh, or sales in particular. But the most one important thing after sales, because that's the next question. Okay, if sales is my one most important thing, what's the most important thing to get sales? Mm -hmm. And in consulting, it was senior manager, C-suite, trust. So if I had the trust of the executive that I could deliver on his pain points and his opportunities, in his plans and his operations or his teams, then we could sell consulting deals. So what's the most important thing is for my business. In this case, it was sales. What's the most important thing for sales? Trust with senior people. How do I develop trust? So you can keep going down that conversation ladder till you really pinpoint. So you're telling me trust is the most important thing. Not worrying about policies internally because so many guys like to keep busy or gals. Just keep busy. Oh man, I was exhausted. I I went from meeting to meeting. Well, how how much of that time was spent on the one most important thing? If you really want to grow your business, and in consulting, you got to ask yourself how much time did I spend this week building senior client trust?
1: Yeah, well, that's oh, important. it's scary. Senior clients are, are kind of important. scary. They're tough. Yeah. They're
0: yeah. tough. So uh, I kind of I kind of focused on everything else. I kind of hope my people would do that. Well. That's not the good. So focus on the most important thing and then make sure you're allocating your time towards that. Did that, did that answer your question?
1: Yeah. So also because like now it's hard times, I believe that I think Peter Drucker once said, it's like it's business, it's about uh, innovation and marketing. So how do you think innovation is important to businesses, whether they are online or offline businesses?
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. In critical, most important and what's really exciting is when it's not up to one person to innovate right mm. if i have a team of 50 how can i turn on all 50 to be innovators right and that's when if you're if you're holding people accountable and engaging them in a powerful way and you're you're making recognition but you also have to have a process for innovation in your company for example the simple process we used to teach big companies is the idea of in one of those staff meetings, remember I talked about the accountability meeting is great for execution. Make one of those meetings a month, innovation meetings, and at, bring the data in, slice and dice your data on where the sales, what customers, where the, pro, you know, if sales is your most important thing, bring it into your sales team of 12 and spend two hours once a month innovating. And ask a simple, bring in the data, analyze the data, right? A simple demand process will work. That's a continuous, you know, uh, but the first step is to find, you know, look at, analyze your data and then problem solve with your team. Ask open, don't come in and tell them what you need to do. That's not innovation. That's you having to be the smartest person. Sit up an innovation process once a month with the data asking, okay, team, Here's the data. Here's the problems. Here's the gaps. Here's where we're doing well on sales. What do you think we should do differently? If everything was perfect, if you had more time, this is a really powerful innovation question to your team. If, if you had more time, what's the most power thing, most important, the biggest area that you would spend more time on to innovate and make step change? Or another powerful question in an innovation session is this. If everything were perfect, and I know things aren't perfect, you've got bottlenecks, you've got restrictions, you've got problems, you've got time management challenges, but if everything was perfect, what would you do differently to solve our sales problem or our downtime problem or our bottlenecks? And then let the team talk. And yes, have data to, to what, and then build action plans. Who buys what by one? Come out of those two-hour meetings with 10 ideas, of which four might be really good, and explain to the other six, this is why we're not pursuing it. You know, Don't reject them hard. Just explain, thank you. What we've chosen is to focus on these four ones out of that meeting. And then keep following up with them and keep brainstorming with them. You know, These are the four ideas we had for innovation for our sales or for our bottleneck. And so if you engage your employees in innovation, then you turn 50 brains on for innovation rather than one or two people mm-hmm. having to. So I love teaching people a process to engage people. So you got 50 innovators rather than just two.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a bit more, the, the more brains you have, the, the better. If you have 50, it's absolutely better than two or one. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, But you know,
0: so many leaders feel the pressure and they feel like they have to be the expert yeah. to innovate. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot. Hey, do yourself a favor and, Turn it over to your people and teach them how to innovate and te- take them through a, a bit of a structured process to innovate rather than you having to come up with all the brilliant. Because here's another secret. If they've come up with the ideas, they'll make sure it's successful. If you come up with the ideas, they might not buy in. You got people out in the plant that could think that's the dumbest idea in the world and will say yes to your face and then won't do it.
1: Yeah right? yeah exactly I actually I watched 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 the movie I don't know it's about Steve Jobs there are two movies Steve Jobs and Jobs so I don't know which one exactly but but that time when they asked him uh, he said he's the maestro of the orchestra so basically for example Steve Jobs he was like collaborating with other people to get more ideas into him so he wasn't like the only one who got ideas he got ideas from the people who were around him yeah, this is this is how this is how, you, this is how you build big businesses.
0: Yep, he hired smart people. He gave them great incentive systems. He held them accountable for excellence. You can guarantee that, and I guarantee you, none of the brilliant ideas for the iPhone came from him. <laughs> it came from the, it came from his people.
1: Neither neither the iPod, neither the iPod, also correct. Yeah, correct. The iPod were designed in another company, I believe, and something like that. So, but he was
0: the genius that. Uh, a identified that that was a brilliant idea and then drove it to success right mm.
1: yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so how how do you for you mentioned for example now that if the idea came from the owner the entrepreneur itself another team it might be not very encouraging for the employees to do that to do it and to make it success not that much motivation so how do you motivate or help your employees get engaged engaged more in the ideas that you want them to believe in, whether they come from your own or from them?
0: Yeah, good point. So let's say in that scenario, let's say the owner does have a brilliant idea or the manager. So in that two-hour innovation meeting, as you're discussing ideas, you can just say, hey, I've got an idea I'd like to add to the table and get your input on. So allow some good debate and discussion on it. Here's my idea and here's why I think it's a good idea. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, two people say that I see it, that that might work, that might work. So that's a good, that's a good. Well, what if they say, you know, I don't know, that sounds, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a big change. I'm change resistant. They never say those words, but some people are, right? So you let it germinate and sit for a little while. You try to have a good, uh, you don't demand, you don't, you don't over push it just yet. And then you try to build next meeting, if it's gone nowhere, you try to build some coalitions, you try to get three or four people bought in. Next meeting, you bring it up again, three or four people are into it and says, guys, you know what, I thought about it, I've heard your input, I'd really like to try it. And I know we've tried some of your ideas, I'd really like to try this one. Uh, and I'd like your support to do it. So you haven't ramrodded, you haven't pushed it too hard, you've given it germination time, You've get, but you're still the leader. You still get to decide at the end of the day where the best idea is. But you haven't rushed it. You haven't rammed it down their throats. You've given dialogue. But now you've decided at the end of the day we're going to try that idea. Well, then you build it in, and you get half the group. You sense okay, everybody's saying yes, but half the group really believes it. Half still on the wall, on the fence. So that's when you really then put it in your accountability system, and you ask the four salespeople that are going to work on that idea of yours to bring up every week in their updates at Friday at two o'clock, how they're doing on that idea and what they're doing. And if you, by the way, if you need any help during the week, you come to me, I want to make sure you're successful. And then you've got four people working on it all week and they report to the bigger group and you, you want to make sure there's some wins, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to make sure that by the next Friday, those four people have some positive things to say. Right. But you've also, you've given it time. You're still the leader. You can still decide which ideas are going to work on. You've tried to give them discussion. And now you've got you've built some accountability in for the four people to work on it. So yeah, it wasn't their idea, but you're building ownership and accountability for it through your system, mm-hmm. not through heavy-handed techniques.
1: Yeah. Well, Rick, what would you say? <clears throat> one takeaway for this episode for the audience.
0: So Focus on your most important thing for execution. What is the most, the one thing in your business that's critical? Is it sales? Well, what is it part of? Sales? Is it bottlenecks in your plant? What is it? The and focus on that. Spend the majority of your time on that. Delegate the other parts. I know it's hard to delegate. I know it's hard to contract out. It might be too expensive. Find a find an online source to contract out some of those activities you're spending your time on and focus on the one most important thing. And then set up a a Friday accountability meeting and review it, review it, action item, improve it, figure it out, work on it, and set up a little structure to work on your one most important thing. And keep that foremost in your mind. And um, because if if that's getting most of your attention and focus and in your accountability meetings, you're going to be successful.
1: Exactly. Uh, Rick, when can people get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, I have a couple of courses on Teachable. I have a website called uh, www.ci4life. CI CI stands for Continuous Improvement. Hmm. So ci4life.org. And on there, you're going to see the small business management course. You're going to see my coaching. You're going to see my book, Live Your Purpose. Uh, I got a new course up for millennials called Millennial Money, Rich and Happy. Um, I got tons of stuff up there that you can, on the personal development side, or on the uh, performance improvement side, either one, whatever your fancy.
1: Awesome. And by the way,
0: my name is, it sounds Highland, just as you've said, but it's pronounced Hayland, or (laughs) it looks Hayland, H E Y L A N D. So Rick Highland spelled H E Y L A N D. If you're Googling me or looking on my website to try to find me, C I for life.org.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Rick, for being here today with me on this episode of the success grid podcast.
0: And congratulations on on all your success. And this is a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.